Welcome to The Drunk Latinas Podcast. Join two besties as we get all boozy, have quirky conversation, laugh a lot, and fill our bellies with amazing eats. Grab your glass, take your seat, be the third drunk on the show with us, and join the conversation. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of The Drunk Latina. And of course, we're always excited about every single episode because we bring you phenomenal people. And today is no different. Yes. Today, we have the privilege of another interview with a special guest. And so today we have the privilege of welcoming our Azusa City Clerk, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Cornejo. Thank Yay. you very much, applause, ladies. Applause, Just applause. hands. Just, Just hands. hands. <laughs> Just hands. Welcome, Jeffrey. Oh, the pleasure's all we mine. We are so privileged to have you here with us today. Well, what an honor. And this is actually my first podcast. So thank you, ladies. What Yay. an experience and what a beautiful one it has been. Awesome. <laughs> You're just saying awesome. that because you like the drink. It's okay, though. Oh, it's it all okay. goes hand no. in hand. Hey. Well, I mean, we are the drunk Latinas. We are. It's all in the name. And so let's talk about that drink. Can we talk about the drink first? Yes. Okay, let's go there first. So today's drink is called a party in a can. Yes. And I that mean, is what it is. It really is. So it really is. We chose an old-fashioned because Jeffrey loves old fashions. And we happened to see this on uh, Instagram for Louis liquor yes. which is in azusa in azusa latina owned latina, latina operated owned, operated y'all need to go because it's phenomenal and they have this party in a can now let me tell you it's not like your regular you know soda can or beer can or anything this thing is monstrous it's <laughs> like a gasoline yeah i was like, saying, can. I was saying i need to take another picture for the instagram because uh, with my tiny hands i on that think your can. hand goes around <laughs> It doesn't. I have to hold it with two hands. It's like a thermos and a half. Yeah, right? it's a large. Yeah, yeah. It it's says a, it's one point seven five liters. Yeah. So that's a large. I mean, it container. says twelve <laughs> cocktails, but I mean, come on, guys. Really, it's probably I mean, like six, maybe it's, four. It's twelve little glasses <laughs> <We could. laughs> with lots of ice, full with of ice, full of ice. The ones Surf that the, the ones that you're upset with the bartender for putting so much ice in your yeah. glass. Yeah, yeah. No, that's we're it. gonna eat. We need one of these for each of us. Okay, next time, right? Yeah. Oh no. I, my first experience with this was at the Azusa Golden Days Taste of the Town by the Chamber of Commerce. And it was very interesting because someone had went to where they were serving the drinks and brought back a cup and I had it and I said, is this a, goes, yeah, an old fashioned? I said, they're making old fashions back there? Because if anybody knows who has them, it's quite a concoction to put together. Mm-hmm. They said, no, it's out of a can. I had to go over there to actually watch them pour it out of the can. So <laughs> I could attest to this. It is a party in a can and a very well put one. Well so received. Bottoms yeah. up, ladies. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. It, and it is really tasty. Mm-hmm. It is. But here's the thing. So as soon as I tasted it, it took me back to Chile because it tastes just like this drink that we have, which is mote con huesillo. And it, it, it's comprised of dried, um, dehydrated peaches, which you rehydrate, you soak them in water, you just kind of leave them there, put some um, cinnamon in there, and then you add barley, cooked barley to it. And you eat it in the summertime. And it's phenomenal, it's a staple in Chile. So as soon as I tasted it, it just took me back to Chile because I could imagine that um, huesillo juice, the mote con huesillo, and I'm like, oh my god, it's I love it. Like is I want to go home and put barley in it. It's a dessert oh. or a yeah, it's like a dessert. It's not a drink. It's sweetened. Yeah, it's like a dessert 
drink because most oh. of it it will be like that juice and then it has depending on like at home we would probably fill the glass half with the with barley the juice. no with the barley because we want it to be a little bit more heavy mm-hmm. but like if you were to buy it somewhere like because they make it and they sell it like on the street type of um, thing like so, horchata kind yeah, of yeah, like, yeah 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 exactly say, like a agua and so agua like fresca. an agua fresca yeah and so they would put like maybe two or three tablespoons of barley but no like if you make it at home you like stack up the barley and then you put the the wasiyu juice in there sounds but yummy it's yeah. so good but now and if like, it tastes like this it does I, I i'm telling some. you it tastes exactly like that except um this one spiked of course but now i want to go home make some barley and put the party in the can Would in there that be like a summertime kind yeah. of it's it's very refreshing so it's typical for the summer yeah yeah uh, well, this is not just summer. summer. This is an anytime. This is an anytime party yeah. in a can. Winter, so fall, spring, let's go. And I know. Everything yeah. in between. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a this is a today happens to be the end of October, and for our listeners, today also happens to be Stephanie's birthday. Yes, it Happy is. Happy birthday to me. Birthday, and many, many, many more. And it's a fabulous birthday. I'm so excited to be here with you guys drinking and eating and especially with Jeffrey. Yes. Because yes. Jeffrey, y'all are going to fall in love with him. Yes. Oh, he is a staple kind. in Azusa. In Azusa. Everybody knows him. Everybody has only good things to say about him because he brings so much life and brings history to you because he loves history and yes. everything about the city. Yes. That's and, very kind of you. Thank you so actually, much. Actually, that was one of the things that, that drew me to you. So uh, let me talk about how we met, actually. So when my husband and I were looking for a house, looking to buy a house, um, we came to Azusa. And ours, the one that we bought was not actually the first house that we looked at in Azusa. But when we came upon it, it was like, it was one that, honestly, my husband fell in love with because my husband, um, he was born and raised in Pasadena. And so he loves all of the classic craftsmen homes. And he actually is an artist. So his personal art, he actually does paint, draw and paint um, classic architecture. Wonderful. And so he actually has done like the Gamble House. And, I remember you showed me yeah. those images. Yeah. So, which He's is brilliant. Beautiful work. <laughs> so the little tiny craftsman there on Alameda really caught his eye. And so I contacted Stephanie and I was like, can you help us? Because we've, Aaron's fallen in love with this house and we just, we want to know more and we want to know if we can get this house. And it was like perfect timing. I was like, I gotcha. I actually had just spoken to Jeffrey about this house and he had told me all this history, not knowing that Lydia was even interested in moving to Azusa at that time. And so when she brought it up and was like, hey, do you do you know that house right here that's for sale? Do you know anything about it? Or could you? I was like, oh, I need to connect you with Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that That was that her day. first thought. How funny. And it was interesting because I'm a big believer. God puts you right where you're supposed to be at what time you're supposed to be there. And it was very interesting because during that time period, which I can't believe it's already been over three years. Yeah. God, time flies. It was funny seeing all of those houses in that part of town, mm-hmm. which I affectionately call the barrio, as we've always known, <laughs> and um, with so many for sale signs, mm-hmm. because it 
it's always been the same families that say it. So to see all these houses going, it was very interesting. It's so like I'm, a generation was was leaving. Yeah. Yes. Had yeah. It's funny because yeah. I haven't really seen very many since. No, and it was just that kind of that wave. And so I remember coming out and Stephanie was walking through and we were just talking and that was exactly what we were just talking about was, God, I go, there's so much going on. I go, even my great-great-grandmother's house is for sale and the people that own it are the second owners have had it for over 70 years and oh where's this at we were talking and talking and then not too long after that that's what she gave me the call and said i have a buyer or someone that's interested in this and i thought oh my lord i'm so happy because i know that the parties that were interested were just oh interested in the property not the actual structure oh so you weren't sure what was going to happen to the house they itself. were more than likely mm. just going to demolish and probably develop something else and oh. so it just worked out for all the best and i'm so happy that you're happy there and it's a it's a very tightly knit community it's a very um home uh, and once you're part of it you're part of it and so that's the one thing that's just so beautiful we're literally i could throw a rock and we could hit each other's homes i mean (laughs) so like i say it's a welcome and i'm so happy that you are happy there and i hope you guys are gonna be there forever and um like I say, we I, don't plan I, it, to let it go. Oh, I hope not. And again, it it, and it just warms my heart too that Mr. Hugo and Miss Stephanie own a historic home here in town. And again, it, it like it's all our history. Mm-hmm. And now you're adding your chapter to it, yeah. and mm-hmm. you have your chapter in it. And it's just so um, it's one big piece of fabric that we all hold a string, mm-hmm. and it grows from yard to yard and just keeps going. And so, on behalf of my family, I thank you for continuing the history of that home and nurturing it and on behalf of our community i just thank you both for just being part of it because we need good servants and public um community members that just give back and and promote it in in a good manner. and it's not always great it's not always going to be good it's not always going to be happy but like everything i say we're one big family and what's family it's always dysfunctional but you still love it you know (laughs) (laughs) and we just get through it you know and and it comes and it goes but in the end of the day we're neighbors and some people are a little more dysfunctional and that's totally fine you just work with it (laughs) those are the cousins we you know (laughs) we don't really see that much but (laughs) but to know that we're all neighbors and that's the beauty of it Mm, and so and i think that you do such a good job at that because what i admire the most is one you just have this knowledge, this Rolodex, this I don't file yeah. cabinet of every property in Azusa, but yeah. not only that, the family, the person who owned it, their yeah. family, and you Do tie you know us. the names. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can see the names and like the the years, like and what was happening, like environmentally, or like you were just telling us a story about like, oh yeah, and the Academy Awards were happening at this time, and yeah. this was the happening. Floods, and the so much and that I can listen to you for hours and hours because you make the world smaller and more um, just real yeah and you bring the history which we can so easily forget like even this office that we're in to me I'm like yeah it's a great office it's got brick it's got this but you come in and you're like oh yeah it used to be X Y and Z and then they used to do this and the doors used to face that way and it used to be used for this purpose and it's like it gives a whole new meaning to this space mm-hmm. and that I think is uh, just one of your gifts is you actually bring meaning every time I talk to you like just to the city thank you so very much that that means so much to me and like I say I because we all do have a meaning we all do have a purpose and yeah. we all have mm-hmm. a place and mm-hmm. it's so your nice purpose that we're is here to be 
Azusa's historian. Oh, God. And you know, I've always had a sponge for a brain for history. And it's funny because I'm like, I can't do, I'm horrible at math, but when it comes to doing birth dates and anniversaries mm-hmm. and stuff, oh gosh, it's like, oh, I can tie you that together. It. You got it. Yeah. But it's all, and how it's concocted. So, mm-hmm. but when it's history, for some reason, it all just sinks in. And um, Lydia, did you know pre- that Jeffrey has a book? I had no idea. He has a book. What kind of book? It's a history of Azusa. Like, I mean, it it's like it's depth. a published book. Yeah, no, it's a published book. You can get it anywhere. It's by like, um, it's the series of books that have like the different towns and areas and stuff. And oh, so yeah, one yeah. of them is Azusa, and it's written by Jeffrey. Oh, I need that book. Oh, and very we need to get it. We yeah. need to get signature. I would be more right? than honored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's through Arcadia Publishing, and it was part of the Images of America series. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, back in two thousand seven, it was published and. How did you get approached, or how did you even start on that project? The interesting thing about it was, is um, so I'm the president for the Historical Society, and so when I was, I'm still on the board, um, years ago they had reached out to me and said, we're reaching to other cities, we're mm-hmm. starting out this, this um, series of histories for each community, and we would like for you to do the city of Azusa's. At that time I had just gotten hired at Monrovia Nursery mm-hmm. when we were working on the whole Rosedale project. And I knew I was already knee deep in work there. And I said, you know, as much I would love to do this, I've never published a book. I mm-hmm. never was on mm-hmm. your book. I don't know anything about that. Um, thank you so very much. I will be more than happy to help, but this is a big project mm-hmm. and I don't want to take more, I don't want to bite more than I could chew. And they said, no problem. Thank you very much. About a whole year went by, then I get another call. Um, Mr. Cornejo, would you like to consider doing this again? And by then, I was like, even up to the neck with this work <laughs> at Monroe Nursery because we were changing a lot of stuff. And I said, oh, my God, as much as I would love to, but here, talk to this person, talk to this person. This and a whole other year went you, by Jeffrey. and they came Nobody, back. There's no other <laughs> There's Jeffrey. no other more qualified person. No. Oh, so they came back and they go, okay, Mr. Cornejo, you have us, our hands are tied. We are just waiting for you when you're ready. And I oh, said, well, what's going on? I wow. said, because we have asked and every time we ask other people that you've told, the fingers keep pointing back to you. So I said, okay. So I said, if I can, I just need for you to be patient with me because I hate to take on something that I already committed to and not be able mm-hmm. to do it. But I will tell you, it was a total labor of love, but it, it was almost like Cinderella in a sense, because I finding the photographs, getting the information, and it was all timing, but it was beautiful that everybody came together and helped. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, you need a picture of this. You need this and that. And um, it, it was exciting. The only thing was, was I wanted to do justice to the history. And so yeah. the... Uh, the volume only starts from the Rancho era to the, 19, the late 1950s. They wanted me to do from the Rancho era to modern day, and I mm-hmm. just thought, that's a lot of history to put into such a small volume. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had that battle going back and forth, and they said, okay, that's fine, if you would agree to coming back to do a second edition. And I oh, said, oh, I gosh. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's so interesting, though. It's funny how you would think it would be easier to get something that's more recent, mm-hmm. but kind of falls in that middle of too old to be interesting and not old enough to be ancient. So like the history of the 70s and 80s is barely gaining that value of like, oh, wow, because I don't even think of the 70s being 50 years ago. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. But, you know, it's interesting. (laughs) They're not. They're not. No, they're not. That's why I laugh. Because that would make something old. Ridiculous. It's like yesterday. (laughs) But it's just funny when you look back at that stuff and it's like, wow. So, but it's been fun. And again, I, I try my best to be as respectful as possible possible and to include as much as possible and um 
history is living mm-hmm. and it yeah. continues to live and it grows and it goes on and like I tell everybody, it's all how you view it and how you use it. And don't ever dwell on it and don't ever use it as a weapon. It mm-hmm. should be yeah. a tool to learn to from learn. and yeah. something to use to go forward. And so we've been very blessed. You know, our, our history's not always been bright and, and cheerful and great, but it's been something that we should learn from, go forward with, and... And, um, and take pride in. And take pride mm-hmm. in, yeah. very much mm-hmm. so. So, again, you know, just like even talking about the building that you guys are in, I'm so happy that you are here because it's just so fitting, especially for two ladies that Why? appreciate history. Why, because it history. used to be a brothel? Oh, well, no, no, no. no well, he wasn't going to share. He wasn't. Like I said, all histories aren't be, old. Yeah. Nothing to be ashamed of. That was I a mean, workforce at the time. That it was, is the know. oldest profession on earth. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is the oldest standing commercial building in the city of Azusa, built wow. in 1887. And ironically, with the spooky, ho- sorry, um, Halloween theme, this building um, at one time was Clark's Funeral Parlor, <gasps> Furnishings, and Embalming. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, oh, my God. Now I'm going to be freaked out every time I come oh no. in the morning. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was, no, that no, was not my okay. intent. <laughs> no, <laughs> Maybe I should stop now. It's spooky. No, no, no. It served a purpose. It's totally fine. I've been here for a while. I've never seen anything abnormal. We're all okay. <laughs> and what I love about that is, like I've always told everybody, I find that skeptics that challenge and question things get the bigger spooks and scares than those that are more accepting and open to saying, you know what? If you're here. That's fine. I respect that. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to prove it. You know, mm-hmm. and so, because I always find the ones that say, oh, no, there's no ghosts that get the biggest scares, but they don't want to say it. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. you know, you got caught. But um, no, it's Tell very, us more. Tell us more. So, yeah, yeah, that's this, awesome. Um, Mr. Clark, which was a, a pioneer resident here in town. Uh, in those days, basically, it's interesting. So at one time, furniture companies and funeral parlors kind of went hand in hand because you could make furniture and coffins mm. in the same location. Okay. And um, same skill set. Pretty much strange, but it weird? makes sense. <laughs> okay. But a, a little side note: when they were renovating this building, it was interesting because um, there used to be an adjoining building, which is now the Breezeway. And it covered part of the original signage. So now there's uh, mm. ivy growing on there. But if you look very faintly at the very front, you can still see part of Clark's funeral parlors mm. and oh. where the rooftop was I'm covering. Have to check that out now. Said embalming and furnishings. So it's oh at the gosh, very, so very corner of the building right there. Do you, right see, there. Do you guys so see now why it's so much fun to talk to Jeffrey? I know. <laughs> These little tidbits that we would you know, never you, you know. You just never know what home was there before. And again, uh, um, but you've always been open and respecting things, so I don't think they would want to bother you. And it's probably the guys that probably say, oh, that's not true, and who knows what you went into. But, yeah, so, you know, it's had a lot of lives, and that's the beauty of it is that story continues. And I've never um, really felt anything ugly here. And it's funny because that's one thing, too, I will say about the other world, the paranormal goes. Um, there's places you could go, and you feel very happy, and you feel comfortable and then there's kind of places you go and there's not you feel heavy you feel heavy that's a perfect Mm. term to put it Mm -hmm. and almost unhappy or just something here is not good Mm -hmm. and I never felt that in this building and I've always just thought there's it's had a different life but there's always been just that mystique of wow what else was because even coming in here I haven't been up on this part of the second floor since they renovated it and the original building looked like a Chicago townhouse house and it had so much 
of the character of that mm-hmm. era, mm-hmm. but of course, you know, and everything could be kept. And so, but it's neat to see that the same floor plan's still here. The walls are still brick. The windows yeah. are still there, mm-hmm. and the story still remains. So, yeah, you know, now you guys have your chapter here of the history of this building. Wow. But, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Somebody will later on will say, and the Drunk Latina podcast used to be recorded right upstairs. Right here. And then yeah. they'll hear in the. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ghost of the Latinas of past. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's a there's a lot of history here, and that's the one thing is you know when you have history, you have spooky, spooky ghost what other stories and stuff. Do you have? Is there any other Azusa oh, spookiness? Gosh. So there's quite a few stories. Um, there has to be. It's an it's an old city. Oh yes, uh, just like right off the bat, uh, City Hall, our City Ooh. Hall. So one very interesting thing about City Hall uh, was built 1928. Mm-hmm. Um, the main one, like behind the fountain or where west? Very, I'm so glad you pointed that out. So originally the auditorium mm-hmm. and the west wing were built in 1928 and they were built to complement the already existing Carnegie Grant Library that was built in 1909 where the original, well, excuse me, where now City Hall stands. Okay. Um, it was a beautiful building and they incorporated it, tied it all in to have that Spanish revival, Mediterranean mm-hmm. look. Mm-hmm. But then after the 1971 Silmar earthquake, there was considerable damage done to the original 1909 structure. So mm-hmm. that had to be demolished and rebuilt oh, okay. in the same floor print. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so that was demolished and, and done and then rededica- rededicated in 1975. The interesting thing about the facility itself is that. Um, during the 1920s when they were getting ready to build the building that's there now, the auditorium, the West Wing, the city clerk at that time was very hands-on with it. Mm-hmm. And so they had to do a bond to get everybody on board to pay for this new city hall. Mm-hmm. And so he was very proud and very, with every little detail. Mm-hmm. And Sounds familiar. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Very involved. And ironically, on Christmas morning of 1928, him and his wife were hit by a train coming home from church. And oh he was actually gosh. a pastor here in Azusa. Um, and he was killed. And he was our first elected official, actually, who to die in office in our government here mm. in Azusa. The interesting thing is that we never felt he ever left, and yeah. I oh. could see why. I because was going to say, he, he was involved, so he stayed in that building until he, it was completed. And, and he only had one meeting, from what I understand, that took place in that auditorium, because they were on Christmas break when he had gone to mm, So it, he wow. really never got to see the fruits of his labor wow. or all of that. And the interesting thing is, is that there still is a set of minutes, the last minutes that he didn't get to sign because mm-hmm. normally they're transcribed and then mm-hmm. by then. So just little, I guess you could say unfinished business in yeah. a sense. And um, one little tidbit that I always point out that gets lost is uh, in the hallway of the auditorium, there's a set of footprints that are in cement that go along the pathway. Yeah. In my heart of heart, I feel they're his, but I don't know for a fact, but I could say I think they would make sense if it was him inspecting something. But, you know, just little things like that. Um, We have had, uh, in my tenure of being there, we've had a few night um, custodians quit on the job. Um, Because of visitations? Visitations, feeling uneasy or just too scared to go into things Ooh, and so let's go at night can we go we'll have to work something <laughs> together wink 
<laughs> Maybe you know somebody. Like a night court keys. kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's very interesting, you know, and like I said, but I don't ever feel uneasy or, mm-hmm. or, or bad or ugly. You just feel you're not alone. And yeah. I always kind of feel. And I think that places like that carry a lot of, of um, essence or, or energy mm-hmm. because of the fact that a lot of passion went there you know yeah. there's 94 years of government underneath that roof mm. and i'm sure there was a lot of passionate discussions and mm-hmm, issues yeah. and that so I, I i i try to understand the the afterlife and to think i think that's part of the luxury the beauty of it is you, it's not anything to understand it's a mystery so yeah. you make it what you want or how you mm-hmm. see it and so i always have thought that it's kind of, you kind of, I hope you get a choice. You have either unfinished business or things that you want to take care of or you're not ready. Mm-hmm. And so you linger on. I, I feel more bad for those that kind of, I guess they would say, are in limbo or whichever. Yeah. And so those that I've, I've experienced with, and I say that very lightly because I don't know what an experience would be, but um, I just think that they were happy here or they just have mm. some, you know, hopefully they they're, hang out. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I would love to go to heaven, but if I still had things to be done here, I'm sure I'd know where I'd be hanging out. Hanging so, around, yeah. yeah. You, you would be all over. Zinza. There you go. Yeah. You'd don't touch that. Don't touch that. Right. Yeah. No, that's not right. And that's like another thing, too, is I notice a lot of the times it's when things are being demolished or change. changed. Mm. That's when you kind of wreck us that. And I think that's where I would think someone would come back and say, hey, I, you know, leave that alone. That's mine. But mm, yeah. So I always feel kind of there's a responsibility and that historian title of saying, you know, hey, just to let you know, you have your own right to do what you want, but I'm letting you know this is what happened. And mm-hmm. let's, and like I always tell everyone, we're not going to be here forever. Let's hope that someone is going to remind us this was theirs. Mm-hmm. Respect yeah. that. You don't have to like it. You don't have to keep it the same, but just respect that. So, well, it goes along with kind of the Dia de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. You know, like just that remembering and honoring whether you got along with you know your parents or your aunt or whoever you're putting up on the altar it doesn't matter right that's not what actually matters it matters the story and the impact that they made right. in and your just life honoring and honor their memory exactly oh, yeah my nana used to always say as long as we remember them talk about them they live yeah. and i believe that because when you do forget they're no longer named or spoken they're lost and that's yeah. the sad part about it and that's one thing from a historian's point of view you know growing up I, I've had the blessing of being born and raised here there's so many names of people that had so much involvement and so much in structuring things and sadly they've died on and their families have moved on and their names have mm-hmm. kind of just gotten to, and so I feel responsible to make sure don't let's not forget who these names yeah. are let's mm-hmm. not forget that because that's you got to that's part of life is rem- the history of things and mm-hmm. so yeah. so i always think you know whatever does come and linger around there's a reason for it and mm-hmm. um you know and a- another story that comes to mind is that Wells fargo bank which is one of my most oh, favorite yes. buildings here oh gosh we've heard, yes we've heard some <laughs> yeah. stories about it and yes it's a gorgeous building Isn't it beautiful? It really is. Inside oh, and out. so that was built the same time as our city hall 1928 was a banner year for azusa yeah, we were literally like, like on the break. That was the year my house was built too, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's very Mm. interesting because it's just a year prior to the depression. Um, And so we were really roaring. We were getting Mm -hmm. to that point of like, okay. And so that bank was part of our progress. Um, 
the original structure, so the bank, it's very interesting. When you look at the plaque in the front, it says 1906. And it was built 1906 as the United States of America Bank. And then it merged in 1916 with First National and Azusa Valley Savings, which was up the street where uh, Sus, uh, Sushi Saha, is that mm-hmm. what they call it? I think. Sushi Saha. Sushi, thank you. Um, that was originally their location. So oh. they moved down to where Wells Fargo is now. Mm-hmm. They purchased the two buildings north of it and expanded it and built up. And so if you see where the Canyon City uh, Dental Building is, mm-hmm. which is originally Leo C. Nasser's and originally before that, H.A. Green, which was built 1918, if I'm not mistaken, that's only the one left of three buildings that were all the same. It was like a little arcade. Okay. So they built that, added on, and um, opened in 1928 of August. And it was a beautiful facility, and it was designed by Robert Orr, which was an architect mm-hmm. from Los Angeles. He actually mm-hmm. designed quite a, a few of the churches and cathedrals out yep. there and buildings. Um, in March of 2003, we, uh, Mr. Rocha, who was mayor at the time, had approached me, and we were talking about putting the flag back up on top of the Wells Fargo Bank, mm-hmm. which had not been commissioned, I want to say... They said since World War II, it had been quite wow. a while. And so there was a lot of footwork that had been done to work with um, Wells Fargo because the second floor of the bank had not been open since 1956. Mm. Oh, and wow. the reason oh why, goodness. yeah, it's a very interesting story. I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit just to let you know that the, what happened was, was when they bought those businesses north of them to build the second story, mm-hmm. there was an agreement because they didn't want to move because they loved the convenience of being right next to the bank because cash your check, mm-hmm. right. go purchase whatever right. next door. So they said, if we incorporate you in the building, then will you sell your properties? All right. So one of them was the ACG, which was the Azusa Covina Glendora Fruit Exchange. So when you go over the doorway, you'll notice there's an orange tree, and that's their crest. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a beautiful facility. Upstairs, there's a a president's room, and I think there's four offices on one side. And one was the YMCA. Another one was our city attorneys. There was an author that was up there. so these operations were up there until the ACG closed. That was the agreement. As long as you operate, you could have that floor, the second floor, and the other businesses could stay there. Well, mm-hmm. 1956, we no longer had any orchards. There was no need right. for those like, organizations. So they closed. So when they closed, it literally became like a time capsule because nothing happened there. They just never used it. Sealed so, it up, and that was it. Yeah. So wow. when you go up there, it, it, it kind of reminds me like the dragnet um, uh, setting for the because it's all that the the Wayne's coating and wow. it's just a beautifully preserved building. So we got to go up there and it, it's a very beautifully built building. But the interesting thing is to get to the roof, you have to go through this fire escape, and then there's this this excuse me, there's a gap between the roof and the ceiling, the ceiling and the roof, and it's about. I want to say four feet of attic space, but it's dark and it's just this ladder that goes to the top. Oh my gosh. So you're like in complete blackness till you get to the top and so you don't know what's going to touch you, grab you, or hope not. So during this period, I had, um, we were told that there needed to be a platform to be built to get to the flag. And so my cousin, who had lived with us at the time, had said, I could help you with that, but only when I get off of work. Well, by the time he got off of work and got to Azusa, it was dark. Mm -hmm. So I had had permission. They gave me the keys, and we'd go up there at night and work in it. Well, it's so hard to bring materials up 
and it's not just one flight of steps, it's four landings. You go up one, a landing, up one, a landing, up one, a landing, then you go down this way, but you have to pull everything up through that, that shaft. Mm. So my cousin and I would be the only one working on it in the middle of the night. And so I could tell he was uneasy the whole time we were yeah. there. <laughs> and so while we were working on these things, I remember talking to him and he would tell me, oh, I forgot this. And oh. if he forgot something, it took a good go all the way down. And yeah. like, So one night we were up there working and he forgot, I let's just say a, a hammer with some tool. Can you go get it? And I said, all right. So I'm right, and I'm not gonna lie. I was just as scared going down that ladder all by <laughs> right. myself. Yeah. So I'm downstairs. In the pitch black. The pitch black. Yeah. So I go down and I come back up, and as I'm coming up the ladder, I could hear him talking, and he's having talking, talking, talking. And at that time, cell phones were just about becoming more popular, so I mm-hmm. didn't know if he was talking on the phone or yeah. whichever. So I get up there. And I walk over, and he has his hand already out, and he's talking, like, to hand me something. So I look, and I said, what do you want? And he goes, what did I just ask you? And I said, nothing. And he, and he jumped up so quickly, oh and he's, we're gosh. out of here. We're he was having here. an entire conversation. And I'm like, why are we out? We're out of here. And anybody who works in construction knows a guy does not leave their tools anywhere. But he was like, well, I will get this when there's light and we're safe. Oh, my god! He could not get out of that building so quickly that I was like, oh, well, let me get my stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was so interesting that he literally could not wait to us to get to the car to get home to say, you, when did you get up there to the top? And I'm like, what happened? And yeah. he looked, he didn't want to talk about it. He just wanted to get out of there. Oh and gosh. so he didn't go back. I had to go get his tools. For him. <laughs> but the interesting thing was, is that the next day when I got there, the manager called me and said, did you guys open the windows last night? And I was very reluctant because I thought, oh my gosh, am I going to set us up for something that mm-hmm. we were? We, and I knew he didn't. The windows along Foothill Boulevard, the last set of them where the hallway is, I mean, of the, the offices, were opened. And if you go up there, there are these heavy metal ones that you have to lock. And so I was like, no, we didn't touch those. And it was so funny because he said, mm, they're back. And I thought, oh, Lord, here <gasps> we go. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. So then I said, what she are you talking give you about? fair warning. Oh, he goes, we have lost so many night crew workers because of the fact that they thought the bank was getting broken into <gasps> and would call the police department saying there's people upstairs and they would come and say there's not a single soul up there there's no way but he goes the only telltale was the windows would be open every so often so if you ever see the windows open up there they're oh back oh my gosh I'm going to look up all, <laughs> so it's, it's the windows that story. on Foothill on Foothill the last set of towards the alleyway yeah. that, was the, that was the set that was open but the funny thing was so we went and we did the whole <laughs> stage got it set up and the ceremony came, and the funny thing was is that um, it ended up happening, well, not funny, but it was ironic that it ended up going the day that we actually went into active war service, and I think it was like March 23rd, 2003, or something like that, so it was very meaningful. Oh, wow. But we had invited Marie Filio, which was the daughter of the original bank president that worked there from like 1916 to 1968 when mm. First National took it over. So he was there when that bill bank was the original little one and when it got rebuilt mm-hmm. and all that so she grew up in that bank and she knew everything about it when we walked up and we got to the second flight and I remember she was frail at the time I remember her gripping my hand and she said 
they're all here and they're so happy. And mm. I, I just thought, who and oh. what? <laughs> so she We're goes, happy. I'm glad they're happy. <laughs> and she says, I could feel them. Mm. I could feel them. So I, it was they? too much of those like many. things to kind of get caught up in. So we did the ceremony and I could not wait to talk to her after. And I said, what were you talking about? And she said, I, and all the names, you know, oh, it was Mr. Powell, Mr. Because I knew oh they were all gosh. there. She goes, my dad was there. She goes, I could feel they were just so happy. And she goes, well, wouldn't you come back if this is what made you happy? Aww. And I said, you know, Miss Marie, you're so right. Wow. So it's just interesting. So, you know, I guess when you don't know what it is, you just assume it's something scary. But mm. I guess I've always went open-minded thinking, okay, no. If you've done anything wrong, they should not be here to hurt you. And if you respect that they're here, they shouldn't try to push you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, she was so comfortable. And I remember her being very flattered that she was part of the ceremony. Mm. And she said, it just kind of felt like I was going to visit my dad and everyone. Wow. You know? And so, yeah, I, I know that that place holds a lot of essence and history to it. And I'm sure the past does, it hasn't left. But it's a, um, one of our little, you know, historical landmarks that holds a little of our ghostly um, history. Oh to my it. gosh. I love that story. <laughs> I'm going to drive by every day and, 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 and look, look at those windows. those windows. Yeah. And, and, and they're, they're not open. easily opened. So that's why I just laughed because I thought, oh no, no, I know exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's neat. Like I said, we have a lot of those little um, tidbits of history. Mm -hmm. uh, the historical society has the Doral House, which is our museum. And um, I've only had one incident there where I felt like, oh, wow. And it's funny you mentioned the D Club because I remembered one day I had gotten a donation. Um, every so often we get residents that just say, I was cleaning this out, I have this, and it's usually on a weekend. I'm going to drop it off at your house or I'll drop it off at City Hall or whichever. So this one time someone had dropped it off and I had had it in the car mm -hmm. and we were going to go to the D Club that night. And I thought, I'm not leaving this in the back of the car. And it was already late. And I said, if you don't mind, we're going to drive. I'm going to drop it off. I'm going to run up to the museum, leave it there, and I'll come right back. All right, no problem. My friend said, do you want me to go with you? And I said, I've done it a thousand times. No big deal. I'll be right back. Are you sure? And he was more scared for me. I said, I'm fine. <laughs> so there's an alarm. And when you go in, there's a staircase that goes up to a landing and then you turn and you go up another staircase in the, the second floor like clockwork just walked in with the box i went set off turn off the alarm got it to go run upstairs well when i ran there's a door to the first bedroom right there when i was coming out this voice came so clearly to my ear right out and it just said jeffrey <gasps> to the point that i stumbled down the stairs. I think I took every four steps to go down to the thing and landed against the wall oh running gosh. out because I was more convinced that somebody broke in that knew oh. who I was. That who are never once was it a paranormal or ghost mm -hmm. or anything like that. It, when you're at that, you can't think of things, but yeah. I'm like, the alarm was set when you came in here. There cannot be anybody in here because their motion set. I walked out there or as wide as a sheet because I was so I never in my life had felt so like wow like I yeah. heard my name like do you Clear know when somebody day. talks wow. in your ear you get that kind of like ooh mm -hmm. cringe to it so ever since then I'm not lying I try not to ever go when it starts getting dark and so <laughs> not by yourself like, anyway tempted? yeah well yeah don't poke a bear you know let it be and so I just figured they just want to let me know we're here and okay that's cool and I'm just leaving this but you know it. I don't think that it's anything ugly or, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. evil or anything like that but it's not alone. And I know that they're there. And wow. Mr. Durrell and Mrs. Durrell did both die in that house. And <gasps> comfortably, you know, they didn't, they weren't murdered or wasn't anything that yeah. was ugly. But I just figure if you're happy somewhere and if you do have that 
option to stick around to as long as you want or you know god willing if they haven't crossed over but there are little you know things that that, mm-hmm. that stick around and i think that's everywhere and um hmm. you know like the, the, i'm trying to think of other locations that we've had um the Women's Club, that facility, which another one built in 1928, another one of our beautiful landmarks here in town. There's a lot of stories over time that have been told <laughs> about that building, and I know a lot of people don't like to be there alone at night. You know, the curtains moving. Um, the only personal story that I have with that that I always used to think was very interesting was for many years I was the key holder for the building mm-hmm. so that if the alarm ever went off in the middle of the night, I was the one they would call and I had to go mm-hmm. to go set it off. And so um, this one night, God, about almost 20 years from now, it was about 2.30 in the morning and the alarm went off. So the dispatch called me and said, um, you know, we're going to send a unit out there. Do you, and everybody knows here in town, I'd walk all over the place and half the time I don't have a car. So they, we have a unit right around the corner. If they want to pick, you, pick up, you up, I'll be ready. So, okay. So I throw everything out. I'm thinking, oh man, I just got to go set it off. So we get there. And it was funny because there was three units. One was by the alleyway, one was on Zeus Avenue, one was in the parking lot. And, oh, Mr. Cornejo, you know, um, is there anything you need us to know or whatever? No, here's the key, here's the alarm code. Stand right here behind the, you know, just in case. So they knock on the door, Zeus PD, we're coming in, we're coming in. So they push in the door, we go, or they go. And I just remember the guys going, whoa, whoa. All this heat came out. Hmm. They, it was so hot in that building vault. Every single one of the thermostats were set at the mm. highest level that the building huh. was so hot. They did, could not figure out why the alarm went off. But the most interesting thing about it was, was the caterers, all of their beer and soda exploded. So all of it was just coming out into the hall just from the storage rooms. To this day, there's no explanation on why or who. And it's a family-owned business that had it at the time. So... I don't think they would do that to themselves, and they no. never could find anything. But it was just strange that there was, I just thought, oh, somebody upset somebody on the other side yeah. that they wanted to make a notion that, you know. But um, Interesting. I, it was Prohibition. very strange. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not in this building, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, just, there's, there's a lot of really, you know, the canyon. The canyon is just a mm-hmm. trove of, of ghost and, and, and mischief and mm. stories. You know, there's been a lot of things that have happened there. Um, yeah, the old packing house, there was a murder in the teens. I think I want to say it was around 1912, 1914, somewhere around there. There was a murder in the packing house. And um, interestingly, they tried to make it look like a suicide. So whoever murdered the guy went and put him on the tracks and laid him, hoping that the train would run over him. Oh, my gosh. But a cop, night watchman, if I'm not mistaken, had ended up finding him. And it was a completely unsolved mystery. He was a very beloved individual here in town. And um, they said he used to always linger around the packing house, mm. finding, trying to get justice of who killed him. Um, we also had another murder so of stories. somebody found at the, um, which is now Pioneer Park. In those days, in oh, the twenties, they, they I go there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I better stop now. I'm gonna start chaining all of the zoo stuff. <laughs> I know, I know. So, no, no, yeah, what happened there? So they, they uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember the story correctly, it was a couple, mm-hmm. and they were murdered in a car i don't know if they went up in, in those parts in those days those areas mm-hmm. were more um isolated so mm-hmm. to go do things amongst each other mm-hmm. i don't know if they were in the car <laughs> doing something but they were both found dead and the car was hidden under the tree oh, excuse me i'm so sorry um under the tree branches of the yeah. orange groves so it wasn't till, from what i understand the smell started coming it was like something's going on here Oy. what's going so you know mm-hmm. just little stories about that so they used to say that someone you know a couple lingered around there trying to find out who 
ended their getting story on here. Getting something. justice Yeah. Wow. So, you know, there's just a lot of little, I mean, I could go on. I mean, believe me, there's the Vosburg House. You need house to write a book just God. about spooky <laughs> stories in Azusa. Scary Azusa. Yes. Spooky Azusa. Yeah. So, like I said, but there, it, it's, it's. It's interesting. It's neat, and like it I say, is. everybody's um, story is a, a a very unique one, and that's what I love about it because you know everyone has that lady in white in their town, or mm. you know this, this, and that. But our stories, they're they're pretty well documented. And it, you know, uh, another one just does a little tidbit mm-hmm. because I know we just moved the old schoolhouse yes. yeah. from Slauson School, so that wasn't its original location. It used to originally be located on Fourth between Saldano and Pasadena, which is okay. now the Saldano Senior Village. Mm-hmm. So. While it was there, it was during the time it was known as Riley Elementary School. But in 1955, they demolished it and they had made it a continuation and then eventually demolished it in the 80s to make Saldano Senior Village. But one thing I do remember for the longest time, because the uh, director that was there would say when they first opened Mm -hmm. that a lot of the tenants would always say, why do we have these random fire alarms? Hmm. And she'd say, we don't have fire alarms or fire drills. They said these bells are always going off and these kids are screaming. Half these oh people didn't gosh. know that there was a school that used to be there. Oh. So we could never, it, it wasn't until she would say things, it was like, well, did they, you know, because the closest school is Lee School, but you can't hear the bells from that right. area. Mm-hmm. But enough that a person sleeping in the middle of the night to wake up thinking, is this a fire like drill? Again? Yeah. Wow. So I don't know if that still happens. I don't have any connection to anybody who lives there, but I do remember at the very beginning that was one of those little things. So when that schoolhouse was being moved, you know, especially because it's October, everyone's like, is it haunted? Well, don't. We don't know. Yeah, Go don't sleep t- in it yeah. that night and let us know tomorrow. <laughs> don't take it for granted that it's not. But yeah, so you know, everything has a story and I always felt as long as you acknowledge, respect it, and don't challenge it or question it, you know, hey, they'll leave you alone they'll and let it be. Yeah. <laughs> Got to live c- c- together. <laughs> Don't bother me. I won't bother you. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Living it, live. Bottoms to that. Bottoms, huh? bottoms <laughs> up. Bottoms up. No, thank you so much, Jeffrey. For this was so much fun. All this info. Yes, I, absolutely. We could sit for hours and hear we're, these stories. We're going to have you back because we want to hear more to. stories about Azusa and just everything that you can you bring to the table and everything. So thank you thank so much. Thank you both, yes. ladies. This has been a privilege and such an honor and so much fun. Yes. And like Yay. I said, I look forward to it. I hope I didn't drag on with all, believe no. me, because I'm usually told to land my plane, as they say. So. <laughs> but, no. I've never heard that one before. Oh, my God. Just stick around me a lot. You'll be <laughs> Please land your plane. <laughs> no, but the honor has been mine. And happiest of birthdays, Miss Stephanie, and many more. You. And I just, like I say, anything I could help and be part of, continue doing what you're doing. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. You're part of our history. And Aww. let's let that thread keep growing to yards and yards and yards. And so, yes. God bless thank us you, all. Thank you. thank you. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Thank you so much thank for, you for listening. joining us, listening, and go out and get yourself a party in the can. Yes. <laughs> Please. Yes. You will not be disappointed. You will enjoy it. You will enjoy it. Bottoms up. <laughs> Bottoms up. And as always, stay, stay drunk. drunk. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Comment below with what boozy libation you would suggest. If you like what you heard, subscribe and share. Be sure to follow us on IG at The Drunk Latinas. Stay Stay drunk. drunk!